0: Baseball lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Matty. What's up everybody? It's Tristan here back for episode 73 of the Grounds Crew podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 5th. That's right. It's December. It's Christmas time. Tis the season. Happy Hanukkah. Let's talk baseball. Got plenty of big deals this, that happened this week. The offseason's really getting going now. It's really getting fun, and we're not even to the winter meetings. Ton of rumors going around, but we finally got some deals. I'm excited to talk about them. I hope you guys are excited to hear about them. Now, Let's start with probably the biggest deal. It actually just happened this afternoon, and it was pretty shocking. I mean, we had heard about it uh, over the past couple days that it might happen, that these two teams were discussing a deal, but, you know, I wasn't ready to believe that the Arizona Diamondbacks were really ready to throw in the towel. And it looks like that's what they're doing. They're kind of going into a mini-rebuild again. Uh, giving up some assets, and today's asset was Paul Goldschmidt, the former All-Star, was traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. Like I said, the deal happened this afternoon. The All-Star was dealt to the Cardinals in exchange for righty Luke Weaver, catcher Carson Kelly, and infielder Andrew Young. Goldie's been awesome. I mean, he's one of the best, most underrated players in the league. Uh, he's one of those guys that is just awesome every year and doesn't quite get the acknowledgement that he should. I mean he he gets attention but not quite the same as some other guys in the league. He's a really like a five tool player. He's got some speed for a first baseman, he plays defense, he's just awesome. He's been an all-star in each in the last six seasons, finished second or third in the national League MVP voting. Three times, and like I said, consistent on both sides of the ball. He's won four Silver Sluggers, three Gold Gloves, had four seasons with at least thirty-three home runs. and He's got a career average of three two uh, ninety-seven. I'm sorry. This past season, at first he kind of got off to a slow start. He but he finished up with a two ninety batting average, thirty-three home runs, eighty-three ribbies, and a ninety-nine twenty-two OPS. And after that slow start, he lit it up, killed it. In his last 100 games of the season, Gold uh, Goldschmidt was slashing 334, 423, 608 with 25 home runs. He's one of the best hitters in the league. One of the best first basemen in baseball. Just a really good move for the Cardinals. Oh, and not to mention, like I said before, he's got some speed. 122, uh, 120 stolen bases since 2012. A lot more than you're expecting from your first baseman. But awesome move for the Cardinals. They don't give up too much. I know a lot of scouts are saying that the uh, the Diamondbacks got a lot of quality players, a lot of talent in exchange for him. Uh, he's in the last year of his deal. He'll be a free agent after next year unless the Cardinals can extend him. But you partner him up with now Marcelo Zuna, who you acquired last year. Got some other good bats in that lineup. They really have a nice young team. You got a lot of nice pieces. You got uh, Paul DeJong, Ozuna, Matt Carpenter, Colton Wong. A bunch of good good bats. You got a nice rotation led by Carlos Martinez. This was a team that we were talking about last year as a team that kind of had potential. They ended up hanging around until the uh, end of the season. In that NL Central race, you know, they kind of got outpaced by the Cubs and outpaced by the Brewers. Two teams that were just a little bit better. Two of the best teams in baseball. But I think this team has a really nice chance to come out in 2018 and do a lot. Because they have a lot of nice talent. I Paul Goldschmidt, it changes your lineup. He's one of those guys that can absolutely do it. So a good move for them. Now... What the Diamondbacks did get, in, get it back in exchange was Luke Weaver. He's 25. He's a righty. He went 7-11 uh, and 11 with a 4.95 ERA and 25 starts last year. Kind of a mediocre season, but he showed some potential in 2017. He had a 3.88 ERA and 72 strikeouts at 60 innings. Scouts say that I believe that he's got some decent stuff, but 2019 will be a big... Uh, test of what kind of pitcher he actually is. Carson Kelly, he's struggled in three brief appearances in the majors, but he's a former second-round pick, and he began 2018 as the 71st-ranked prospect. He's a good defensive catcher. A lot of people believe he's better along than most backup catchers in the league already, and if he can get his bat, if he can get make start making more quality contact, he could be a star in the league. And then Andrew Young, 24. hit 289 across two levels in the minors last year. He hasn't really gotten above uh, the lower levels in the minors just yet. So, these guys, they're young guys. They're under control for plenty of years to come. So, it's going to take a while to really get a measure of who won this deal. But I think it was a good move for both teams. Similar to how the Cardinals missed out on playoffs last year, the Nationals also missed the playoffs, and they had to come into the offseason and make some improvements if they wanted to return in 2019 To do that, they signed lefty Patrick Corbin, and they signed him to a big deal. The lefty agreed to a six-year, $140 million deal after playing in Arizona for the last six years. Corbin had a really great season this year, past year, and that kind of made him the prize starter going into the offseason. He went 11-7 with a 3.15 ERA and 246 strikeouts over 33 games. And this hasn't been the first time he's been good. He had an all-star season a few years back. Had the Tommy John. Took a couple years to really get back at it, but he's a better pitcher now for it. And he has three solid pitchers. He has a quality fastball. He has one of the league's hardest to hit sliders. And he's got a really nice curveball that he's been working on. You add him to a rotation that already has Max Scherzer, Steven Strasberg, Tanner, Roark, and you got some of the best, uh, one of the best rotations in the league. Roark, he kind of had a down year, but he really turned it on towards the end. Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, you know what you're getting with those guys. They're going to be two of the best pitchers in baseball. And it makes, I think it's a good deal not only because you're getting a good pitcher in Patrick Corbin, you're getting the best pitcher in the market this, this offseason. Obviously, there's a chance you lose Bryce Harper this offseason. you got to make a deal like this. It kind of makes it more appealing for him to come back. It shows that they're serious. They're not taking the foot off the gas pedal. They want to compete. So, who knows? It might make it more appealing to him. It might be something he takes into consideration when he's making that final decision on who he wants to sign with. But you could see what they're trying to do. And even if it doesn't work out like that, if he chooses to go elsewhere, then it may keep them competitive if he he does leave. Because you have all that talent in the rotation. You got some solid pieces in the the lineup. Young guys like Soto. Now, Corbin signing with the Nationals, it's not really too much of a surprise. Everybody kind of knew that he wanted to sign with an East Coast team. He grew up in upstate New York. And it was kind of between... The Phillies, the Nationals, and the Yankees. A lot of people seemed to think that he was going to go to the Yankees. He he grew up a Yankee fan. His family was Yankee fans. Played in New York. uh, Grew up in New York. Everybody saw the picture on the, uh, the big screen at Yankee Stadium of him in the Yankee uniform. We all heard the story from Ken Rosenthal that somebody who was at Corbin's wedding last week, Heard the best man speech. Give uh, Put a Yankee hat on at the end of the speech. I thought he was going to go to the Yankees. I'm very disappointed. It would have been a nice piece to pick up. But it wasn't meant to be. Yankees weren't willing to go to the sixth year that the Nationals were willing to go to. Understandable. He's 29. So, you know. But good move on the Nationals' part. Good for Washington. You got a nice piece. Great pitcher. Has a lot of good stuff. Can't say anything bad about it. And just like the Nationals are trying to compete in the NL East, so are the New York Mets. The New York Mets just went out and acquired Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from the Seattle Mariners. Uh, They're sending over Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, Jared Klenick. Justin Dunn and Gerson Batista, a couple uh, minor league prospects in exchange for Cano Diaz and 20 $20 million cash. Cano, he's 36. We kind of talked about him a little bit last week, but he's 36. Five years left on that 120 million uh five years left on that big deal, 120 million dollars left. So the Mets will get 20 of that. They're also getting Diaz. Diaz is the prize of the deal. Uh Kano, he's still a good uh good hitter. But the contract, the contract, kind of not makes you not want to take him. But Diaz, it makes it worth it. Edwin Diaz, he's an All Star closer. He's just twenty four years old. He's coming off a season where he was an All Star, where you had the second most saves in a season ever, at fifty seven. Throws gas, hundred mile per hour fastball, and he's under team control for quite some time. The problem for the Mets is they might not get many opportunities to use him because we all saw last year they're not very good. It's a very weird lineup. Robinson know he's good. He'll play a good second first base. Decent. His defense isn't what it used to be but he's still a good presence in the middle of the lineup. For some reason the Mets want to go out and win now. They think they have the pieces to win now. You got DeGrom. You got Syndergaard. Cespedes is going to be out for a while. I don't know if Conforto is ready yet. So it's just a lot going on with the Metropolitans. It's very interesting. You know, there's always something. Now Justin Dunn, one of the uh, prospects they're sending over to Seattle, he's the Mets' top pitching prospect. He had a 3.59 ERA and 156 strikeouts and across single A and double A last year. And Kalenic, he's 19 he was the sixth pick in last year's overall, uh, sixth overall pick in last year's draft. He's an outfielder who got picked out of high school. He's supposed to be very talented. The Mets have a lot of people in that outfield; it's pretty crowded, and he won't be in the league for a couple of years. So, if they want to compete, it was a good move. But I don't know if they can actually compete. I don't know if that makes sense. But you know, if you try to make sense of whatever the Mets are trying to do, you're just gonna hurt yourself because it's impossible. Now we've been talking, the Seattle Mariners are basically giving up, having a garage sale, getting rid of anything of value. Gene Segura, they're sending him to Philly uh, in exchange for Carlos Santana and J.P. Crawford. Gene Segura, it seems like he's traded every year. I know he hasn't been traded a couple years, but he was part of that big deal a couple years ago that Seattle had with Arizona. Got traded from uh, Milwaukee a couple years before that. It just seems like he's all over the place. I don't know. He's 28, the shortstop. He was an all-star last year. He batted 304 with 10 home runs. Signed a five-year deal with the Mariners in the summer of 2017. So he's under control for a couple more years. I think it takes him into his uh, age 33 season. So, you know, get some good years at a shortstop for from him. He's always been a quality player, whether it's at shortstop, whether it's at second base. His bat's always been there. He's going to give you solid defense, and he's got some speed, too. Gene Segura, I've I've always liked him as a player. One of those guys that kind of goes under the radar, but he's a really nice player. Really nice piece that the Phillies needed. Uh, Shortstop was their weakest position last year. On average, the shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies was slashing just 235, 281, 370. And they were doing that while providing below-average defense, so they really needed to address that. If they want to compete, if they want to make strides in 2019, which a lot of people expect them to do with the money that they have. They're sending over Santana and Crawford. Those guys were both kind of disappointing for the Phillies last year. Obviously, Santana was a big signing previous year. Kind of came out, batted, I think, 224 with 33 home runs. Not really what they were hoping to get from him. So they're sending him over. And JP Crawford, he's a former first-round pick, Didn't really do much last year, batted around 220, wasn't that great. So I think this is a nice piece that the Phillies are getting. And I don't think they're done. Like we said, they're basically in discussion for every big free agent out there this offseason. I think they're going to get somebody. Manny Machado obviously considered a shortstop right now, which is the same position as Gene Segura. I don't think it's a concern. I don't think it's a move that Oh, that says, oh, they're not getting Manny Machado. Manny Machado, they can have him come in and play third base. They can move Gene Securo over at second base. They're still in the talks for Manny Machado, trust me. So we'll probably be talking about the Phillies for quite some time. A lot of good stuff to come. I think that's all we got for today, though. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Enjoy your weekend. right there was the grounds crew brought to you by baseball lifestyle